Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the My Nights Are Booked podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and today I wanted to talk to you about something that's kind of been on my mind uh, for the past couple of weeks about uh, Interview with a Vampire, and um, the the last episode that aired was uh, After the Phantoms of Your Former Self, and it's a brilliant episode. It, it outlines Louis's transition to becoming a vampire and, and all of the complications and things that come with it. Um, but one of the things that really stands out to me in the first two episodes, and I just kind of wanted to go into detail, and, and so many of these podcasts, I think, are going to be focused on the little details. And I, I heard some great feedback from you um, when I posed the question on Twitter about you know what you'd like to hear, and, and certainly a lot of people want to hear kind of breakdowns about the text and, you know, how it relates to the the show and, and how these little clues might signal other characters and what they might mean. And so we're going to get into all of that. And um, I think it's it's really important to be able to go through and, and really sort through this because there's so much to break down in these episodes. But one of the things that has really been on my mind lately and... Um, I think it's worth a podcast is that, you know, obviously, obviously Daniel Malloy is not the same Daniel Malloy as the books because at, at the point present day storyline in the books, he's a vampire and he's been a vampire since he ran into Armand. Um, he ran into Armand after the interview instead of finding Lestat and um, Armand keeps him alive. And then it's not until Akasha comes onto the scene and kind of threatens all of the people in the in the world, all of the vampires in the world, that Armand finally relents and makes him into a vampire because Daniel has has kind of lived his life to the brink and there's there's no turning back. Either he becomes a vampire or he's going to die, and, and Armand isn't willing to to let him die. And um, for me, I'm a little sad that that's not the case. That that's not the story we're getting because I I loved. Armand and Daniel, but as we know, they have a, a, a troubled relationship, as most of these vampires do, and um, they don't actually stay together, but they're still close over the years, and, you know, it's kind of the similar story as to what, you know, Louis is doing right now, going back and telling the story of, of his relationship with Lestat with a, a modern lens. I think that um, it would be, if, if you're going in book canon, I think that would be a really fascinating story to tell, because obviously Daniel's been through a lot and he's seen a lot and he's spent time with different immortals at this point and he would have some really interesting perspectives. That said, in the show, Armand hasn't made him into a vampire and it was Louis who bit him at the end of the interview and um, Daniel was left alive and was able to, to live a, a human, a mortal lifetime. And one of the things that really stands out as soon as Daniel shows up in Dubai. If you watch the way that Louis regards him, there's almost a glint in Jacob Anderson's eye as he says, you've grown old, Daniel. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of irony in that statement because 50 years have passed. And so technically they both should have grown old, but obviously Louis hasn't because he's a vampire. And this passage of time is something that, that we don't see in 
the books because Daniel becomes a vampire. And it's a really fascinating thing. And actually, when you think about it, the only character who has that kind of passage of time is David Talbot. And we meet him later on and he becomes a central figure in the um in tale of the body thief and and after that point but he's the only one where we really see that passage of time at least in that sense so when when louis says that there is this this glint of affection in his eye and what's more is you realize that Louis has followed Daniel's career, and he certainly has stayed abreast of all of his accomplishments and his achievements and, and the, the projects that he's worked on. And he's also aware that that Daniel is sick, that he has Parkinson's disease. And this isn't something that's public knowledge, so it's, you know, it's not too far-fetched to say that he's been um, paying a little bit more than a little attention to what's going on in Daniel's life because he knows this before Daniel arrives. So he wouldn't have had the opportunity to read it from his mind because they haven't been together. So, you know, either somebody else was scouting these things out or he did some, you know, digital digging to find out what was going on in, in Daniel's life. But he acknowledges that, you know, Daniel gets on this plane in the middle of a pandemic with a, a, you know, an, an autoimmune disease to come and do this interview. And so obviously it means something to Daniel as well. Now, the interesting thing is that as the story progresses and as we get into the second episode, what I really think is fascinating that really helps, it, it becomes a kind of a, a device in the story is how the pandemic shapes that story. Now, if you're watching how the, you know, all of the servers um, and, and even Rashid, he has, uh, he's wearing gloves and, um, but all the servers who come back and forth and, and are serving the meals, they all are wearing masks and they're all wearing gloves. And for a vampire's household, this wouldn't be important. For the presence of someone who has an autoimmune disease, this is very important. You know, this is someone who, you know, could be triggered by anything and who's, you know, if he gets, if he gets sick, that could do a lot of harm to him. And so the fact that, that, that the people who are taking care of Daniel in terms of his mortal needs, you know, feeding him and, and providing him, um, you know, housing and taking care of his needs, the fact that they're wearing masks and that they have gloves on is really telling of Louis's desire to protect him as much as possible. So, of course, you know, as he's being served this, this giant meal, you know, he's, Daniel's making this comment about, he makes a comment about, you know, are you, are you fattening me up for, you know, kind of the inevitable, implying that Louis is going to kill him at the end of this, this interview. But you can also take it the other way and see that, you know, Louis is, is acting out of concern for this person who, when you think about it, if you stop and think about it, he and Lestat were together with uh, with Claudia, and and they lived a mortal you know mortal lifetime together that was sixty five years in length. Louis has known Daniel for fifty years, so in a way, you can say that Daniel has become Louis's oldest friend at this point. He's not you know obviously Lestat is his lover, and Claudia was his daughter, and. Um, Armand is a contemporary or, you know, a fellow vampire, but in terms of, of, of somebody who has been in his life in a very different aspect 
that person would be Daniel. So the fact that Louis is taking all of these extra precautions, it's really fascinating to see how he is, he's really trying to care for him in a way without it, without making it obvious. And again, it's all of the little things that you pick up on, you know, he's keeping him fed, he's taking care of his needs, he's, you know, keeping the, the room safe. And even though you can kind of imply that because it's June 2022, you know, by then people have had their vaccines and, and we can we can assume that the people in the room have had vaccines and, you know, without getting into the, the politics of vaccines and all that stuff, it's safe to say that Daniel is someone who, you know, he needs to be worried about these things. You know, obviously he's he's trying to not die at this point. And Louis is making sure that that doesn't happen on his watch. And so I think it's a really fascinating thing that he's he's got this concern for Daniel and it's almost like he has become the Armand figure, but in a different way, not so much the romantic side that, you know, that that's, you know, that's how the relationship evolved in the books, but he's, you know, he's become a friend. I mean, it, there's really no other way to describe it. They, they, he is someone who's concerned for this person who is now in his care because let's face it, Daniel is very much in Louis's care and he doesn't really have the ability to control anything once he makes the decision to go to Dubai. Once he enters Louis's palace abode, you know, this, this fortress at the top of, uh, you know, this, this massive skyscraper, he doesn't have many options. He has to rely on, on Louis to provide these things for him. And you really see that Louis is doing that. So I think it's a really fascinating thing to see. And I think it's, uh, it, it's an industry. It's interesting to think of because it's so early in the story. It's only the second episode. And I wonder how that's going to play out because I do wonder ultimately what happens when they get to the end of this interview, what happens when they, reach the end of their story and the interview is complete, what happens? Now, we're probably not going to get that story. It probably won't happen. I, I can tell you, I mean, I, I don't know this for certain, but my prediction is that it's not going to happen at the end of season one. It's probably going to happen at the end of season two. I say that based on uh, when AMC renewed the show for season two, they indicated that the story is now shifting to Europe and all of the places that Louis and Claudia went in Europe. And so that's the end. That's, that's how the story progresses and that's how the story goes. And one of the, one of my uh, Twitter followers had actually raised the point, you know, like how, how do I think that the books are going to play out? And that's a whole other podcast unto itself. But in short, I, I think that by the end of season two, we will have reached the end of the interview with a vampire portion of the story. It may not play out, though, as the end of this interview. It could be that Daniel takes on the role of David Talbot and becomes kind of the scribe for the vampires, and that they all come through and start telling their stories to him. And that's how we get the vampire Lestat. That's how we get the Queen of the Damned. And it comes in the form of a retelling as they're recounting the stories, you know, as they as they go. And I think that could be a really fascinating way to do it. 
like I said, I don't know. I have I have no insider knowledge on this, but you know, it, it just makes sense. I mean, Interview with a Vampire is a finite story, so it's only going to be able to go for a certain amount of time. And I think there's an eagerness to get back into the Vampire Lestat in the later stories because, you know, obviously Sam Reed is a huge part of the story. And he really, Lestat really isn't in the second half of Interview with a Vampire. He doesn't show up until uh, they get to the theater. And, and that was a scene that was cut from the 1994 movie, but he was very much there. And he, you know, he shows up at the end of the book and then he kind of disappears. And then it's not until the Vampire Lestat that his story gets picked up again. So I think that unless they split things up, and this could be really interesting. If they split things up and they they take Interview with a Vampire and then bring it to an end and then start the Vampire Lestat anew, then Interview with a Vampire could be two seasons and the Vampire Lestat could be two seasons and you know each book could be two seasons. It's an interesting concept. I, I really have no idea how they're going to do it, but I do know that they are committed to years and years of this story. And that's because that's that's exactly what Roland Jones said at Comic-Con. He said, you know, this is something we're building this this universe and we want to make sure that we're telling a story in the early stages. You know, this first season is setting a foundation that we can use as a as a jump off point for the rest of these stories. And so how they craft it, you know, they've already name dropped. Marius, and I'm sure we're going to get a, we're going to meet Armand soon enough. Um, you know, obviously we're going to meet Claudia soon. And so there's all of these, these things that are, you know, all this, these, these pieces that are being woven in. And I think that ultimately that's going to be how they, they transition. And I think it would be interesting if they keep Daniel as a mortal man interviewing all of these vampires. But then again, they might shift it and do something completely different. And maybe Lestat wants to take control of his own narrative and tell the story. And, you know, maybe he sees what Louis's doing and decides that he wants to do a tell-all and, you know, create his own series. Who knows? I mean, it, it, anything is possible. And that's what makes it so fun is that there's really no rhyme or reason. And all we know is that AMC is is very con committed to this story and ready to to go years and years into it. Obviously, one of the uh, one of the big pieces of news this week is that the debut for Interview with a Vampire, the the season or series premiere last week, which coincided with the final eight episodes debuting of uh, The Walking Dead, it was one of the biggest premieres of AMC's history. And that is, you know, that's it's it's amazing and in all of my congratulations go to the team at AMC for having such an, an amazing thing because it really tells, you know, how excited people are. I mean, we've seen it. And, you know, those of you who are listening to this podcast, you have been a huge part of this. And, you know, your excitement, your enthusiasm is what got us to this moment. You know, everybody said the whole time that was all throughout San Diego Comic-Con, Mark Johnson and Roland Jones kept saying that the fans will dictate how this works. If they like it, then AMC is going to buy into it. So clearly AMC is buying into it and they want something to build from it. Obviously, we've got the witches coming in early 2023 
And that's going to be a whole other story. And how that fits in is, is anyone's guess. If there's an early connection to it, you know, if, if the two series cross over sooner than later, that could be interesting too. There's really no, there's no roadmap for this. And I think that they're deviating just enough from the books to kind of give themselves the space to be creative in that sense. We're still getting the stories. We're still getting the characters. It's just the timing of it and how they present themselves is shifting ever so slightly. But honestly, after what we've seen, I, I have full confidence in the showrunners and in the, the production team and this cast. Oh my God, this amazing cast. I have every confidence that they will be able to do whatever is asked of them. And I think they're doing, you know, they're, they're 100% committed to Anne Rice's books and they're committed to doing right by Anne Rice and, and her family and, and these stories and certainly to fans. They want fans to feel like they're being respected and that the tales being told are, 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 are set in the same universe as, you know, these books that we all love and they're, they're being faithful to those and dedicated to those. So I really do think that this is, we're, we're on the cusp. I mean, I, I don't want to wax poetic about it, but I can't really help it because when I think about how, how much of an impact these books had on my life, and certainly all of the, all of the followers, all of the people who listen to this podcast and all of the people I've connected with over the past few months, I've loved hearing your stories about how you connected with the Vampire Chronicles and why you connected with them. There's so many different connections and, and connection points and things that people have connected to that I, I never would have considered. And, and you know, the, your story is different from my story and, and the things that, you know, the characters that you're attracted to and, and drawn to are different from characters I've been drawn to. Um, and, and the the beautiful thing is that it's all okay. Like it, it's so great to have this community and we've already built this community. That's what I love so much is we are a community of fans. We've been here all along, but now we're brought together and we're brought out of the, I mean, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like a metaphor. It's, it's, we've been drawn out of the darkness and into the light, you know, that we're all coming together in new ways and we're meeting each other and connecting with fans all over the world because we're able to see these characters come to life in such a brilliant way. And I, I know everybody got a, a sneak peek. If you have AMC plus, you got a, you got to watch the third episode and, and um, get a little bit of Bailey Bass's Claudia buckle up you guys. Cause she is brilliant. She is absolutely brilliant. And it's, it's going to be so much fun to watch her bring this role to life because she does an amazing job, but don't worry because there's plenty more Lestat, plenty more Louie, uh, certainly more Daniel and so much more story to tell. So with that, I am going to bring this podcast to an end. I hope you enjoyed that. It's something I, I really, I would love to know your thoughts. If you think that Louie has some affection for Daniel, because it, it's something that's been on my mind and I feel like he's kind of going out of his way, not to openly tell him that he cares, but to kind of show him that he cares without showing him too overtly. I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's just an interesting way, you know, after reconnecting, you know, it's been 50 years and reconnecting after half a century that 
he is going out of his way to make sure that Daniel has everything he needs. And I think there's something to that. So hit me up on Twitter. You know how to reach me at Sarah Beth Pollock. And um, if you, I, I thank you to everybody who is light, you know, who sent uh, likes and subscription and has subscribed to the podcast and, and please keep doing that. I really appreciate it. And um, if you have any ideas for future podcasts, please send them my way. I would love to hear them. And until then, thank you so much, vampire friends, and we will talk soon.